1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate specialist is Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, just before we get to our first guest, I want to get your take on this week's Bank of Canada 0.5% rate hike. It may not seem like much, but the worry is there are more hikes to come. What are your thoughts about the impact on real estate and are buyers and sellers listening today? It, there certainly is an impact. And, and when you're increasing rates half a percent and, and combining that with the 0.75% in total that we had increased leading up to this for 2022, it certainly is a, a huge amount that people may have to pay if they're on a, a variable rate or you know even if they have lines of credit. But when we look at the big picture, Tina, we had three 0.5% decreases in March of 2020. And that was to help us out during the pandemic. So, you know, when I look at this as being up 1.25% for the year so far, and you compare that to being down 1.5% in March of 2020, we had three decreases of 0.5% in three weeks. Right now, we're just getting back to normal. And, you know, what that means is the pandemic pause is over and we're getting back more into a normal market normal interest rates. So we were a little bit spoiled with the low interest rates over the last couple of years, but that's come to an end. Now, what about the, you know, the, the future and, and what's ahead? You know, there are some who are predicting that rate hikes up to 2.75 or 3% are coming by September. Is that something to be concerned about? It certainly is, especially if they go up that much, because you have to remember that people qualified at 5.25%. So when they purchased their homes, Earlier, uh, you know, even last year, the bank had qualified them at 5.25%. So if we start to see rates exceeding that, there's going to be an issue. But at the same time, a lot of these people have locked into rates uh, over the last couple of years, or if they're on a variable, they're still okay. They haven't really reached the 5% mark. Uh, You can get a fixed rate right now for 4%. So we, we haven't seen anything that's going to jeopardize people that have purchased in the last couple of years. And there's already talk, if you listen to what the Bank of Canada said the other day, they said that the housing market is starting to cool from its peak. And so they're seeing that there's been a change in the market. And I don't think they're going to jeopardize the economy because realistically, the resale market is the economic engine of our economy. And I don't think they're going to jeopardize that. So I think we'll see one more interest rate hike or maybe two, but I don't think it'll be much more than that. Now, there is no doubt that homeowners are feeling the pinch. To share the details about a new CIBC poll is Carissa Lucretiano, Vice President, CIBC Financial and Investment Advice. Welcome to On the Market, Carissa. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Carissa, thanks for joining us. And you know, there's there's a lot of details that came out of that poll that CIBC just did, and one of them was about home renovations. What can you tell us about what the poll revealed about home renovations? 
Yeah, absolutely. A lot of great insights, um, but mainly that it's a hot market for home improvements. It's continuing. About 37% of Canadian homeowners say that they are currently trading plans for home improvements over the next 12 months. And the most common renovation being basic home maintenance, which could be a replacement of appliances, maybe replacing an old roof, followed by more lavish rentals like landscaping to enhance green space or bathroom renovations. We're also seeing that Canadians want to make the best out of their homes with the increase in remote work arrangements where more Canadians are working out of their homes for a percentage of the week. This has resulted in more wear and tear around the home, so many want a refresh of the environment that they've been spending a lot of time in over the past few years. We also found that home energy efficiency is a, top, is a hot topic among homeowners with 70% agreeing that climate change, resilience, and environmental sustainability are important factors to consider when undergoing a home renovation. So lots of choices to consider when part of your rental budget includes new windows, doors, or appliances. Hmm. Now, what about those who rent? How did they respond? Yeah, uh, what we're seeing with renters or non-homeowners is that they continue to seek solutions to housing affordability. 69% of renters say that they never expect to own a home, and that could be by choice, but 39% indicated home ownership is simply not achievable goal for them. Current housing prices combined with rising interest rates are the top barriers for non-homeowners to enter the housing market, with 44% feeling that they're unable to save enough for that down payment. 58% said that home ownership goals are on the horizon. However, they won't be able to finance and maintain the mortgage payments without a partner or additional income from someone else. So the trends that we're seeing are that people are exploring different approaches to traditional home ownership by purchasing with family or, or a friend and converting, or may, they may also be converting part, part of the home to a rental unit or purchasing outside of traditional urban centers. Professional advice is always recommended in this realm, and communication is also an important aspect for all the parties involved and their wishes and goals for property ownership. And that's, that's a great point, because we certainly are seeing different types of co-ownership and cohabitation uh, when it comes to home ownership. What other key findings can you share with our listeners that may not have read the report as yet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we found that financial education and advice is really important when it comes to home, home ownership. And there, is, there are some knowledge gaps among home, homeowners, with about 49% indicating that they really need some extra help understanding the total costs associated with purchasing a new home and obtaining a mortgage. This is, you know, uh, the biggest purchase most likely that, that you'll make within your whole life. So home ownership, it's more than just a mortgage payment. In addition to that payment, it's really important to keep in mind increases in general home expenses and the importance of a slush fund for yearly repairs. This could add up to between 1% to 4% of your home value each year. Along with property taxes, utilities, and living expenses, it's a really good idea to build a household budget to capture all of these costs, and it will really put it all into perspective. It can provide really great clarity. It can make you feel really confident in your ability to manage your finances as well as allow you to see any opportunities to save. And we hear the idea of budgeting quite often when we have these types of conversations. Was there anything that surprised you? Well, nothing that really surprised. There are the emerging trends, but we know right now that rising interest rates continue to impact Canadians, regardless of their housing situation. It's on the minds of Canadians for sure. And we also found that Canadians are seeking advice from professionals, specifically around financing a new property. So that's really good news. 
and affordability certainly is at the forefront uh, right now. What's your message to homeowners going forward? Do you have any advice for them? Yes. Whether you're starting to save for a down payment and have questions about affordability, or maybe you're wondering if you can afford to renovate your dream home, we have experts who can help you understand your options and provide you with advice to help you achieve your ambitions. If you don't have an advisor, you can simply go to advisor.cibc.com and find one in your local area based on your personal preferences. It's very important to get advice, everything from budgeting to understanding financing to putting the plans in place to achieve your goal of home ownership. Great information. Carissa, if listeners want to read the survey and get additional information, where can they find it? Yeah, we encourage listeners to visit the Smart Advice section on our website, found at CIBC.com, where they can access a number of different articles and tools to help guide you at every stage of your financial journey, including a mortgage affordability calculator, a budget calculator, so many tools and resources to help you crunch the numbers for your home ownership goals. Thanks so much for joining us and for your time and, and the great information that was revealed in this survey. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. After the break, real estate and the law. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez, and of course, our co-host is Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. And Asif, you have our next guest. Hi, dear Tina. It's Shale Rothman, Managing Partner of RealEstateLawyers.ca. Shale, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Shale, I know the market's been heating up, but... You guys seem to be a lot busier than uh, than at any time because there's a, a lot of different emotions going through uh, buyers' mindsets, and and you're trying to close deals that uh, took place a few months ago. What's the general feel, and, and what are you seeing out there right now? Issues that have come across our desk recently are for deals that were closing January, February, March uh, that were completed, but now the official closing date are taking place now. Appraisals are coming in, um, not all the time, but the occasional time, uh, depending on the location and how much the buyer has paid for that purchase, uh, they're coming in a little bit low. The the banks are lending based on the purchase price or the appraised value, whichever one is less. So if you ended up purchasing for a million dollars, but it appraised at 900000 you need to come up with that $100,000 somewhere, whether it be private financing, savings, et cetera. So now you end up having situations where buyers potentially could have buyer's remorse, trying to get sellers to reduce their purchase price, trying to come up families and friends to come up with additional money. So that's where we come in in order to try to bridge that gap, try to give proper advice in order to ensure that deals don't fall off the rails and still close. But buyers are still looking at, oh, Bank of Canada raising rates, that affects mortgage rates, is now a good time to buy can I get out of a real estate transaction, even though it's a firm and binding deal? So there's a few steps that we can discuss in order to try to avoid those for future deals. So can you walk us through some of those steps? For sure. So again, we see a lot just with the volume that comes through my office. Um, So there's certain steps that I would recommend when dealing with a real estate transaction moving forward in the environment that we're looking at. Uh, Number one, 
the biggest thing is the purchase price. So work with a, a an experienced real estate agent that can do comparables and understands what the market is, is shifting in that specific location. You can't just look at Canada and say, okay, well, that applies to every single location. It even goes down to the micro level of the street. So make sure that you're not overpaying, number one, for the actual property itself, and make sure that you have a finance clause for that is conditional upon financing in your agreement of purchase and sale. Even if you're in multiple offers, I strongly recommend that financing clause, submitting it to the bank and making sure that they appraise the property and approve you for that specific transaction. A lot of issues that people have is that they get approved for a mortgage for a specific dollar amount, but they fail to realize that that doesn't mean that the bank has approved that specific property. So you can be approved to go shopping for a million dollar property, but if that appraisal comes in for 900000 the bank is not going to lend you the million dollars. They're going to lend based on 900000 So make sure that the pre-approval is subject to that property and that you get the bank to sign off in writing. Do not accept a verbal for it. Um, if you can do that, that's the number one key, especially for a buyer as well as a seller. So if you want to sleep, it's great having the highest price that's out there, but it's the best value proposition for a deal. It doesn't help you in any way, shape, or form if you're relying on a transaction and you're supposed to be getting a certain dollar amount only to find out a month later that the buyer cannot close and that affects your own purchase that you're relying upon. So I really recommend that a finance clause is there and that it's actually been approved. Uh, The next thing that would be really important for um, any buyer or seller for that matter is closing the gap of the, the actual closing date. So if you're purchasing today, and you're moving forward, try to have the closing within a month if possible. The further out that you push your closing date, so let's say 90 days, you have a little less control in terms of Bank of Canada, interest rates moving up, shifts in market, etc. You want to minimize the gap between um, the time that you execute the agreement and your closing date to try to have a little bit more control on your external environment of what is happening. The other scenarios are is that when you're dealing with your interest rates and all that jazz, just trying to protect yourself from um, the actual rates and the exposure of where things are going, start working with your team. Make sure you have a really good uh, real estate agent, work with a mortgage broker that understands the environment in order to run the numbers for your options, um, and try to do things early. If you can do all that before you even go shopping and you understand the environment you're in, you understand the rates, etc., you can make more informed decisions. A lot of times when things go sideways, it's clients who are rushing to be put into multiple offers and they're pulling the trigger on a transaction where they feel the pressure and they feel like they have to make that decision immediately as opposed to understanding um, all the different options. Um, Trying to rush things is when mistakes happen. So try to do things early and be proactive in whatever you're doing. And these are great points, Shell. And, you know, people also have to remember that even if it is a multiple offer situation, there's lots of opportunities for them to go in and get an inspection before the offer date, submit the property and a potential amount that they want to offer on that property to the bank in advance so that they are prepared in a multiple offer situation in order to be able to satisfy you know, what their requirements would be doing their homework prior. Uh, but you mentioned uh, about appraisals coming in lower. How often are you seeing this, and what's the price difference in the appraisals to the purchase value on average? 
So luckily, uh, we have not been inundated with that. Um, there, I would say we have maybe a few a week um, in the big scheme of things, uh, the minimal. Um, but it has started. And those transactions are usually those individuals who um, were putting in either on multiple offers or above asking, where they were just trying to outbid another person, not, uh, not really being in the scenario of what was happening in there. Or the other alternative to that is that it was bought so long ago, we're talking months ago, and that there's been a shift in the market. So those are the two scenarios where this has actually come up. Um, and then, unfortunately, there is the perception where um, you do have the odd buyer who just says, okay, well, I just don't want to close. And they, then my office needs to educate them that if you have a firm and binding transaction, you are liable to close that transaction. And uh, the seller can come after you for any loss. So you have to be very, very careful not to be breaching the contract and just think that you'll be able to walk away. Because if that seller has to relist the property and sells for less, not only are they keeping deposit, they're coming after you for the difference. So that's where it's really important for you to speak to your lawyer, get the proper legal advice for your unique situation, and understand what the options are available to try to keep that deal alive and make it work for all parties that are involved. Now, if there is a change in the mortgage, for example, and, you know, the appraisal has meant that, you know, the mortgage payment is going to be a lot higher than you anticipated, is a B lender an option, perhaps even get a second mortgage? So depending on the first lender um, who's in a first position, assuming that they don't have any specific restrictions on you getting secondary financing. Uh, you could come up with the difference with private funds. Hmm. So the the only negative thing about having the private funds is traditionally your interest rate and your costs to put it into play are higher. Of course, you have to evaluate those costs versus a seller trying to resell the property and coming after you for the difference and being in a lawsuit. So traditionally, that would be less. Um, B lenders are a great option. Um, because they, they have more flexibility in some circumstances. So that's where an experienced mortgage broker will certainly help the client in order to navigate that storm to try to get additional financing or whatever it may be. The biggest thing that I encourage is that whichever financing you go with, specifically if it is private financing, understand your exit strategy. It's one thing to be able to take on another 10% interest rate for a short period of time. Just be very mindful of how are you going to replace that mortgage with a B lender and replace the entire first and second mortgage into more conventional financing? Um, You want to make sure that you have an exit strategy, that you're not stuck with a high interest rate for a long period of time that could affect your pocketbook and your family's uh, well-being. Nashiel, for the listeners, I know you mentioned that people would be liable for any shortfall in the sale price or purchase price, but what about if there's a domino effect. What if the sellers of the other home have also purchased a home and a failure to close on your property is going to affect them? What can be the net effect for someone that does decide that they don't want to close on a property anymore? Yeah. So whoever is the cause of the breach, it is a ripple effect. And unfortunately, traditionally, when people are selling a property, they're traditionally buying and they're buying from somebody else and it just keeps on going. So if you're in the beginning of that scenario where you're the one who caused the the chain reaction for that breach, um, for extensions and everything else, traditionally what happens is it starts at the end of that chain. And all the expenses roll down the train to the first person who couldn't actually close. 
So the exposure that could end up happening for you is quite considerable. So you need to make sure that you really make sure that you're minimizing the expense and everything else um, by potentially getting that private financing in place to make sure that you're not going to have that exposure because uh, it could be quite considerable. So not only just on extension fees, but if each person has to relist the property and sell and they're, they're all selling for less, uh, it could bankrupt you. Wow. So many things to think about. Shale, one last question. As we now know, the real estate market, it's different from, you know, just a few months ago. Buyers were cut up in bidding wars and putting in unconditional offers. Are unconditional offers ever a good idea? Uh, from a lawyer perspective, it's not. Um, I always make sure that I recommend to my clients to have, uh, so for example, if it's a condo, I want to see a condominium SAS certificate review. I want to see a finance condition, an inspection condition, um, and that goes across the board for every transaction. So for me, due diligence is the key to ensure that you don't have headaches after the fact. Of course, the market conditions are also a reflection of reality. So it's one thing for a lawyer to say, yes, I want all these conditions in place and backtrack six months ago and say, okay, well, maybe I can't even have someone look at my agreement or even consider it for acceptance. Uh, because they're just taking the best offer, which has no conditions. The market is different today. So there's no reason for a buyer not to have conditions and protect themselves. Uh, and as I mentioned and alluded to before, from a seller perspective, I encourage that you have a finance condition in there because you know that they've been approved. You know that the appraisals come in and that your specific property, you won't have a headache down the road. So if everyone kind of followed those rules and had a finance condition at the minimum, um, it protects both parties uh, when you look at it from that lens. And an inspection from a buyer perspective is very important to make sure you're not going to have any surprises post-closing. Shell, hmm. it's great advice. And if people want to get more information or speak to one of your lawyers or yourself uh, on your team, how do they get a hold of you? So all of our contact information is on our website at uh, www.realestatelawyers.ca. And of course, if you need to reach me directly, you can do it by email, rothman at realestatelawyers.ca. Shale, thanks for your time, and we look forward to speaking with you again. Anytime. All the best to you guys. Take care. When we come back, your real estate questions and the hot listing brought to you by Souk, simplifying the home ownership experience. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And we begin in Markham with a question from Len. He wants to know if he should try to sell his condo quickly or hold if prices are dropping. Asif, what do you think? Well, Len, a great question. And, and we seem to hear this a lot. Are prices falling? I think there's a bit of a misconception there that prices are falling and by that, I mean, the average price is declining, and that's because more condos are selling than detached homes right now. And, and that's compared to uh, the last year or two years ago when everyone was making the move from a condo to a detached home. And when you have more of the higher ticket items selling, the average price climbs. So now with the average price declining, it just means that there's been a shift in the mix. It doesn't mean that you're going to get less for your condo uh, than you should. You're still going to get market value. 
comparing market value to what someone paid as an emotional purchase in a bidding war, two totally separate things. So you're going to be fine. The thing to watch, Len, is watch the inventory in your condo building. You don't want to go on the market when there's a lot for sale because if you do, now it becomes a price competition because the reality is there's only like seven or eight different models in each condo building. And if you have 30 or 40 units for sale, it's just going to become a price competition because the units are very similar. So watch the inventory levels in your condo building and that will help out Such good advice. Thinking about what's happening around you as well is going to have an influence on what you're doing. Our next question comes from Jessica in Maple. She wants to know how much should she have on hand to best show her home to sell? Is it only about a fresh coat of paint and curb appeal? Asif? Another great question. And and that really depends on the state of the home. So it's best for us to go in, take a walk around and Compare it to what maybe some of your neighbors have done or people in your area have done to their homes. Because although a fresh coat of paint really does help, it may be a little more than that. It may be that you have carpet throughout and your neighbors have hardwood. Or if you have just regular countertops versus granite or quartz, we may want you to upgrade that. It just depends what you want out of the home. So it's very house specific. And once we come in, we can give you some pointers. So paint, curb appeal, decluttering, maybe some minor rentals, that's what you have to budget for. But at the same time, you don't want to trade money, which means you don't want to put in $30,000 if you're going to get $30,000 more. So let's pick the right changes that need to be made and make sure that you're benefiting from the investment that you've put into this in order to make more money at the end of the day. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Just before we go, the On The Market Hot Listing brought to you by Souk. That's S-O-U-Q-H, simplifying the home ownership experience. Asif, over to you. You know, we're going to be going to a coming soon property. It's going to be on the market in about four days. It'll hit on Tuesday. And this is 3642nd Street in Unionville. Just a spectacular home. And you get the best of both worlds here because the backyard is like a resort. And you're in the heart of Unionville, surrounded by amenities, great schools. A lot of people move here for the high school. Markville Secondary is right around there. You've got great uh, elementary schools right around the corner. So just an absolutely fabulous area in the pocket at Kennedy and 16th Avenue. You're close to the 407. You're close to the 404. You're surrounded by everything that you will need. This is a four-bedroom luxury home. There's also a finished basement with two bedrooms down there, four bathrooms. There's a laundry room that I've heard people say this is a laundry room to die for. It has, uh, you know, if your kids play sports or hockey, it it doubles as a mudroom and it is spectacular. You've got, uh, again, uh, just an absolutely fabulous backyard, great curb appeal, huge driveway. You can park four to six cars in it and also two cars in the garage. That sounds spectacular. And I'm loving that mudroom. List price and where our listeners can get more information. And as you mentioned, it's a coming soon, right? 
It is. It'll be on the market soon. So if you want to get in before it gets to the public, give us a call. You can reach me at 905-554-5522. It's going to be listed at $2.6 million. And that is a steal in the heart of Unionville. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.